Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question. Why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about five and a half million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and a people. Before we get into this uh, this topic that we have for today, which which is about uh, uh, the Jews and Christmas and some history we're going to talk about, before we get into that, though, I sent you a, a link the other day about a picture. Oh yes, about right. a picture of Jesus called mm. uh, Jesus Weeps. Oh yes, right, right, and uh, six point four million dollars somebody paid for this picture. Oh of my Jesus, goodness, right? right? And we both looked at the picture, right? And we thought, uh, well, this Jesus went to Yale. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a white guy. Right, right. Yes. And he had, a, you know, he had the mustache and everything, and he was sad. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he wasn't at all looking Semitic or Jewish. Yeah, right. And so that's kind of like a, 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 a an indication of what we're going to be talking about today. It's a, it's oh. it's we're going to brush on that idea and other ideas as, sure. we, as we talk. Uh, but but uh, you wrote me an email, Neil, that was interesting uh, about uh, your experience with Jews this Christmas. Right. And I just want to kind of start with that because sure. I thought that was interesting. So okay, what good. what what did you notice? Well, I, I noticed that the day we're in is quite fascinating, mm-hmm. uh, both with the uh, uh, picture you talked about mm-hmm. and with the sort of um, broadcast email that I was on the list and received with a number of prominent rabbis who wished Gentile Christians a Merry Christmas. Wow. Yeah, it's mm. quite a fascinating day we're in. Mm. Touching on both topics, the one with the picture, you know, you have to remember and realize uh, for bad and good, people tried to make... Jesus uh, culturally relevant and they only had certain ways to do this back in the Middle Ages and so on and that was by uh, artistic renderings so of course they wanted to make the common man identify with these stories and these people and these patriarchs and they had to be what people were used to seeing today it's interesting because you can swing the pendulum back the other way which everybody wants only the rabbinic jewish words or pictures or types so i always look at both and say okay both are valuable for what they are and for Mm. what they were Mm -hmm. as long as you keep that in perspective Mm -hmm. Uh, and in that same vein then uh, i found it fascinating that in our day a number of traditionally orthodox rabbis would say to Christians after all these years 
Wow, that's an amazing, amazing thing to say Merry Christmas to the Gentile world. So it's almost, we don't know for sure, but it's almost like there's a a movement towards each other. Right. Right? Well, there is a movement toward each other. And that's that's what we need, right? Right. More of that. Well, and and as as you know, our... our, uh, Looking around the globe, we can see mm-hmm. there are literally thousands, uh, if not millions of people who are reading their Bibles, mm-hmm. who have a real experience with the Jewish Messiah, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They recognize that, yes, we painted him up in the middle years as a European because the gospel predominantly was spread through the earth by the Europeans mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. But it's out of sync if you take that out of a context of, but he is a Jew, we're supposed to bless and pray for Israel and the Jews, and we are supposed to be together and aligned with Israel. So it's just a fascinating day we're in to see, wow, that actually is happening. It's not looked at as yeah. a strange event on both sides of the question. Yeah, it is. And and so just to kind of sum up what I heard you say is is Jews are looking at, at Jesus, right. and they're looking at, at Christians, right. and Christians are looking at Jews right. and looking towards Jews and what they care about, and they're noticing that it's not altogether different. Right, and we're finding on both sides of the equation, which is quite amazing after persecuting Jews for so long, you can't blame them for certain things, but mm-hmm. certain reactions, people mm-hmm. being people. Yeah. But uh, Christians are looking at what they've been taught and what they've accepted traditionally and historically and saying that's totally out of sync with these written documents that I'm holding on to. Conversely, which is equally, if not more amazing, because, you know, Paul said that it was like a veil over Jewish people's eyes, they are re-examining, at least, the idea that, hey, this guy, right, because he's not their Messiah in in mass, but this guy was a Jew. He was one of us. He was a first-century rabbi, orthodox, Yeah. Totally familiar with the temple, the yeah. temple sacrifices, yeah. the, the religious ritual of the day, as mm-hmm. it were, mm-hmm. culturally, everything. And they're starting to re-examine, well, wait a minute, why are we just letting the Gentiles, as it were, paint him up? Mm-hmm. Why, why don't we reclaim him as our own? And, Jeff, one of the most amazing things about that to me is, you know, who's really, really helping that idea is... Um, uh, the Palestinians. Mm. The what? The Palestinians. The Palestinians? Yeah. What's a Palestinian? Yeah. This is a group of people who have claimed what sounds like an ancient name to give themselves validity oh. in the Middle East oh. and in Israel specifically. Oh, I see. And they uh, have been saying that Jesus uh-huh. was a Palestinian. Oh, wow. He wasn't a Jew. He okay. was the first freedom fighter. Oh, And he's just like them, or they are just like he, or whatever. And Jews are saying, wait a minute. Now, this is what's interesting, that Jews are now compelled to defend the fact that Jesus, whom they've rejected for all these years for all kinds of reasons, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not the least of which was Christian persecution. Right, right. Uh, wait. What do you mean he's a Palestinian? You're trying to use him as a martyr, and a, mm. and, a, and and we killed him, and he mm. was really you. He was a Jew. So it's such a muddled mixture of stew we have being stirred these days. But you have to not read the Bible to call <laughs> him a Palestinian, right? You have to, because he w- went to the temple, he was right. a rabbi, sure. he was... 
he was a Pharisee. Right. Right. He was he was at a mikvah. Well, we got know, a Jewish right. name. Surely, surely. <laughs> well, uh, yes, of course, Jeff. But we, you, and I both know that we live in a day and age, especially where historical accuracy does not matter. Yeah. That uh, calling up down is good if you want down to be up. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. And nobody's offended uh, in certain circles if you uh, say something uh, that bad is good or good is bad at all or historically accurate. It's strictly what are the facts on the ground and can we appropriate something for ourselves. And certainly the world powers do not care in the least. Now our audience may be slightly different, but they don't care in the least for the welfare, the commonwealth of Israel. It makes me, Neil, that comment that you just made about history and how it's irrelevant in a sense, makes me celebrate the pain and the suffering and the discipline that went on to preserve the Bible. Right. The, both the old and the new. And it's just, thank. I mean, thank God somebody has done that hard work. Right. Of, of making sure that it stays, you know, the way it is. Even though it's, even that, we're seeing it retranslated a number of ways, right? Where the meaning starts to shift a little bit. Sure. The meaning, the interpretation of mm-hmm. it. Right. And more and more, more and more Bibles, new, new Bibles are coming out that are really interpretations, not literal translations. Right, right. And everything has its place. Mm-hmm. And But uh, to your point, uh, yes, people who think that history doesn't matter simply do not know how much history actually matters. Mm-hmm. It matters entirely mm-hmm. if you care about ultimate truth. Yeah. So one of the things that's just fascinating to our discussion is uh, all of these sort of uh, rediscovered, recaptured, revitalized books and theologies and people groups that seemingly were uh, maybe a few scholars here and there knew about or read about, but now, as it were, quote-unquote, the common man is becoming far more aware of things like the Dead Sea Scrolls and what they add and elaborate for our New Testament understanding and what we call the apocryphal books, you know, people used to get all bent out of shape whether they were good or bad well they're filling in all kinds of gaps mm. uh, some of the books mentioned in the what we call the old testament of book of jasher and book of enoch and so on uh, people don't have to embrace them as all authoritative but they're not afraid of looking at them and saying wow that filled in a gap that's a very uh, viable possibility so things are being rearranged at the same time they're falling apart that for certain people it's far more, if you will, truth-oriented at the same time that the culture at large is falling apart and saying truth is an irrelevant matter, it's really how I feel or what my agenda is or things like this that we're seeing in our day. It's quite a mess. Neil, let's talk about uh, uh, some of the distortions that exist about Jesus. Well, uh, if I were to Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. 
To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com slash holiday. I to put myself into a uh, traditional Jewish uh, mindset with sort of, um, I, I may not be ultra-Orthodox in that I do all of the correct uh, washings mm. and bowings mm. and, and, and recitations mm. and so on, mm. uh, but I'm, let's say I'm a decent sort, I believe in the Bible, and I am a uh, traditional Jewish person. Mm. Well, first and foremost, you have to remember that there's all kinds of distortions in Christianity. Uh, for instance, Jews can look at us and say, well, they celebrate the birth of this Savior on the same day that they have a Santa Claus. <laughs> now, I have no problem with Santa Claus, unlike some people oh, who are, oh, oh. right, who, who, you know, everything is just ultra serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Christmas trees and everything else. Mm-hmm. As I told one religious person once who asked, how can you have a tree in your in your house? I said, a well, tree, yeah. It smells good. It does. And yeah. there's a star at yeah. the top. Yeah. And that's the star of Bethlehem. But again, religious person can look at that yes. and they would be confused because yeah. here you have this painted up figure yeah. Yeah. who who's not Jesus, but he kind of is in the fact that you get presents on his day, but he doesn't he's not their savior, but we celebrate him. I mean, it's kind of a mixed mash of all kinds of different things, let alone a lot of people Frankly, I've heard this myself more than once. They Mm -hmm. don't have all the nuanced Mm -hmm. dissections of Christianity that maybe you or I or some listeners would have. And they say, well, you you have three gods. They think that. Or Mm -hmm. they'll say, well, one of your gods is Mary, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, even Mm -hmm. legitimate, Mm -hmm. honest questions, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's so distorted. Well, we know that we have this painted up figure called Santa Claus. uh, And to any... Not ultra orthodox or orthodox, but just a you know traditional Jew would say, well, that's wholly unacceptable to me to accept that whole association into my mindset. Therefore, let them have it, as it were. They can keep it. Yeah. Yeah. So it it is bizarre. I think Santa Claus is a cultural phenomenon. It came. It came through the invention of somebody who thought it was a good idea. Saint Nick or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Sure. So, but it evolved over the years from Saint Nick to. Santa, right. and and, I, and Santa is, I think, uh, I think it's the Spanish word for saint. Yeah, I think. yeah. But but be that as it may, uh, Neil, I, I wanted to say that you 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 made the comment to me that uh, Santa is no way. I mean, just knowing who he is and what it is, it's no way connected to anything in the Bible. Right. Well, except right. for the kings that gave presents to Jesus, right? Yes, the, yeah, it's, it's connected to that in a little way. But you know what I noticed about Christmas? Hmm. That's interesting. Is that you know Thanksgiving is a time when we give thanks, and right. that's a good thing, right. right? Being thankful, and what am I thankful for this year? And Christmas is a time of giving. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we give well. Right, we cannot give well. Right, we we can give stuff that are stupid or whatever, blah blah blah. blah. But if we give well, uh, it it can be a beautiful thing. Yeah, and again, the the point of that was strictly to say, uh, Jeff, that we uh, uh, non Jews living in this culture, we can dissect and and separate. You know, mm-hmm. say I am a believer. I'm a mm-hmm. believer in God. I'm a believer in Jesus as His Messiah. Blah blah blah, and I can sort out and separate. Uh, 
Santa and how it came in and still appreciate that and still even enjoy it, but separate it. I'm just saying if you can force yourself to be not in that environment hypothetically and try to put yourself as a Jewish person, especially Mm -hmm. from Israel, Mm -hmm. looking at it Mm -hmm. and saying, well, how distorted that would be for your mindset because we're all products, as you said before, of of our time and space and our cultural location Mm -hmm. on the globe and Mm -hmm. how do we look at that? So, Yeah, if it wasn't for church on Christmas, if it wasn't for me, I'm just saying for me, if it wasn't for the church service that I attend on Christmas Eve, where we celebrate the giving of God's only son, mm-hmm. right? right that, sure. that giving, which is the most amazing gift of all the gifts we could possibly have. Sure. Jesus came into the world, Emmanuel, right? And God gave his one and only son. Sure. Right? Right. And I, when, I, when I celebrate Christmas with that in mind, I have a great Christmas. Correct. When I celebrate Christmas as just giving stuff to each other, yeah. I don't. It's very stressful. It's not. It's not fun, and I don't really enjoy it that much. Right. But I know people who do. Sure. They get. They get really excited about it. Right. But the intention of Christmas, it is the. It is the birth of Christ. Right. And again, we culturally can separate those things out. Yeah. Quite readily, generally. Yeah. yeah. Certainly in the West, we can. Yeah. And then you can embrace it however much you want. If you're a completely secular person, all you care about is Santa Claus. Santa Claus, right. If you are a religious person and that you have a faith in the Messiah mm. and God, you can say, yes, while I may still celebrate that, if I choose to, sure. uh, and, ex- and appreciate it nonetheless, mm-hmm. I can separate it. It's just that viewpoint looking at as our example once was when the brothers that became Israel came to see Joseph and he was the painted foreign, you know, God, hmm. basically, and they didn't recognize him. That's hmm. a picture of our day that's hmm. being cle- cleared and, and that, that veil is being washed away. When, when Israel went down into the world, we've all often said yeah. Egypt is, is the world. That's yeah. the synonym. Yeah. That's yeah. the type. Mm-hmm. They looked and saw this painted Egyptian Santa Claus, if you will. There you go. Right? And there they said, what is that? We've got nothing in common, but we need to be here. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And certainly, as the story goes, we see a lot of parallelisms with our day. And eventually, the painted Egyptian Joseph revealed that, hey, yes, I am painted up, but it's just paint. I am one of you, and yeah. I'm your brother, and yeah. they embraced, and yeah. so on. There we go. That is a type of our day of being wow. confused. Yeah. Wow. So you mentioned this a couple times about Messiah, and and mm-hmm. you mentioned once about being a messianic believer, and that caught my attention. Sure. What, what what's a messianic believer as opposed to another kind of believer? Right, and that's a good question yeah. because a lot of times people uh, turn get lost in terms because terms that are familiar to one person are unfamiliar to another person. So in our day, we have a group of people who are Christians for the most part, but call themselves Messianic, which is fine, but they are historically and traditionally believers in Jesus as the Messiah, Mm -hmm. but they call themselves Messianic Jews. Mm. Now, the, the fact of the matter is most Messianic Jews are Gentiles in that Messianic movement, and for the most part, they observe a lot of traditional rabbinic Liturgy and 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 uh, trappings, if you will, not meaning that disparagingly, but but putting on tallits and so on during the service. Mm-hmm. 
Now, for the most part, though, Jeff, if you want to really say what's a messianic, everybody who has any faith in God at all is messianic because mm. you're waiting for the Messiah. Mm. So, every, Whether you're Christian or Jew, you're well, waiting for the Messiah. You're, you're waiting for the Messiah. Yeah. Now, for Jews, there are yeah. many messianic Jews mm. because in Israel, especially today, there's this huge groundswell of mm-hmm. incredible movements in Israel. Most Christians don't even know the, the prophecies mm-hmm. and the, the, the manifestations and the, the just, it, it throws your theology, generally speaking, for many Christians into a tailspin because so many things are happening in the restoration of Israel that are messianic, even though they haven't said, and Jesus is the linchpin, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, but it's coming. They're def- mm-hmm. they're having to defend him, as mm-hmm, we said before, mm-hmm. because the Palestinians are trying to take him too now. Yeah. yeah. So it's quite an interesting that thing. But interesting. there are many Jews who are messianic in that they are waiting and looking for the Messiah, but they have an opinion as to what he will be, just as church people think their opinion of what he will be when he comes and often they're completely at odds. Most Christians mm-hmm. who are messianic, mm-hmm. they think to be kind of funny, he's going to be a six foot four, blonde, blue eyed Scandinavian <laughs> who will come and set things right. And yeah. Jews are waiting for a or, power or broker. Or German, right? Yeah, or German, right. Well, yeah, which is yeah. the first. Yeah. So, so that's that's to me is very, very, very interesting, and and it reminds me of the the quote by the famous philosopher Voltaire. Mm-hmm. And Voltaire was not a Christian; yeah. he was an atheist. Yeah. And he said, uh, uh, he said, God created man in His image, and man returned the compliment. Right. Exactly. Invented God in man's image. Right. And I think that's pretty true for most people they all everyone has a god that agrees with them yeah i, I mean in our day jeff uh, thank god uh, at least till now if if you go anywhere and you disagree with that particular uh baskin robbins flavor of the month uh, yeah. ice cream as yeah. it were for yeah. churches you yeah. just go to the one uh, two blocks further right sure and it's unavoidable that you will, to a certain degree, be influenced by your cultural milieu, as it were. You're going to read that based on where you are today, how you've experienced things, and so on. And that's true for the Gentile world mm-hmm. as well as the Jewish world. You are going to filter a certain way. Now, the only thing that separates those of us that have a real belief system in the Messiah and in the Jewish documents looking for God is that we say, wait a minute, if I see something that trumps my preference mm-hmm. or my pre-predilection for, a, for an outcome mm-hmm. or my uh, type of Messiah, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with what it says as best I can. But even at that, we're all tainted until Messiah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I fully manifest. And as we always say, Jeff, he will be Jewish, but everything will be different, both for the Jew. Mm. They're going to be stunned. And so is the church who thinks we're going to get it a certain way and he's going to come like this and we're going to do this and it's going to be like this. And we're all going to be surprised. So I noticed you're talking about being a messianic believer here. We're talking about that. And, and I want to make a point that I'm, I'm not, I don't want people listening to think that I'm being critical because it does sound like I'm being critical. What I'm trying to do in, in this conversation is provoke learning. That's what I'm trying to do. So if, if, I say, if I'm saying something that makes you mad, go look it up. I mean, go read about it. And, and if, if I'm wrong, tell me. But I'm, I'm trying to provoke people to read it more. Like right, I said, sure. I, I go to a Bible study every Saturday, and I, I can't think of a week where I haven't learned something, and I've been studying it for 40 years. Well, so, right. so it's, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm talking this way, folks, because I'm trying to provoke you in a good, in a good way. Um, so, but this idea of messianic, Neil. Yeah. I, I, I noticed the Jews don't put a the. They say until Messiah comes. Mm-hmm. Right. Messiah will come someday. Right. They don't say the Messiah. And I'm interested in if that means anything. Because because uh, Messiah literally means salvation. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And are they saying when salvation comes? Well, again, it's, it's, as, it's as nuanced and varied in the Jewish world as to what the expectations, mm. hopes, mm. fears, mm. desires are as the same thing in the Gentile world. Mm. We all are go to bed at night with the same hopes, dreads, fears, regrets, neglects, mm. everything, and it makes us our composite thinking. Mm. So um, there is a basic uh, expectation of Messiah among Jews, if you can say, okay, let's talk basically and generically, that he will make things right. Mm. And the reason that they say Jesus Mm -hmm. could not have been him is because look around, everything is anything but right. So right there we start out at kind of odds with each other, mm-hmm. uh, and but it's 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 being reshuffled. Thus our discussion today that sure. the the rabbi saying, "Hey, Merry Christmas," mm-hmm. and 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 Gentile Christians saying, "You know what? I've got a particularly thorny theological issue, and I'm going to write to Rabbi so and so, and just see what he says." I'm not saying convert to rabbinic mm-hmm. Judaism. Mm-hmm. But they have a lot of vestige of knowledge that goes so far back and so deep, even though I might disagree for a great number of reasons historically and so on, just mm-hmm. like I do with the church. Mm-hmm. It matters not. It's mm-hmm. just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But both sides of the equation are saying, wait a minute, they have some knowledge here. They have some insight. I didn't even know that was a way of looking at it. And on their side, they're saying, wait a minute, Jesus was a Jew. Hey, Maybe we should recapture him. Why let the Palestinians have him? Sure, they painted him up and made him a Scandinavian or a Santa Claus, but where did we see that before? Mm-hmm. And that's our favorite thing. Where did mm-hmm. you ever see that before in the Bible? Well, sure. we saw it at the very beginning book that that encompassed re- redemption, 
where the brothers, the Israelite brothers of the tribes, came down and stood before this painted creature that spoke a foreign language, acted a foreign way, looked a foreign way, had nothing to do with them. This is what they think of as Messiah today, and it's coming together. It is coming together. Praise, praise God, it's coming together. Uh, so what, what, what do you think about, I know you talked about there's, there's nuances and so forth, but it's, to me it stands out. When I hear a Jew talk about Messiah, right, and he doesn't, doesn't, or she doesn't say the Messiah, they say when Messiah comes, and I'm, I'm just wondering if they understand what they're, you know, what by the absence of a, of a, uh, uh, an article, definite article, the, uh, do they, do they understand the leaving of that out, can create, you know, an interesting view, but here, here's, here's what it, why it matters to me. I think it's. A good thing, and you and I have done this in conversations many times. It's a good thing to want to know what you believe and why you believe it. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who believe, but they believe what they've been told. Sure. Right. Or they've believed a book that they read, or, or you know. So critical thinking is saying, "What do I believe? Right. And why do I believe it? Mm-hmm. Sure. And and. I, I think that's the best way to find find the truth, because you're owning your opinion. Right, and I I, I, I agree with you, but it's not inconceivable that if uh, your experience uh, of whatever it is just automatically and off the cuff and out of the chute, you can dismiss a certain theological perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't be blamed often for that. You yeah. can be if you've been exposed to a number of things, and then you have to sort through it to see what makes sense. Exactly. But if somebody has wiped out your family, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, hundreds and hundreds of years mm-hmm. uh, of, of persecution mm-hmm. and forced movement, I mean, why in the world, unless I was psychologically uh, impaired, uh, and you could say maybe more than I am, but psychologically impaired. I don't I say, have to. You just said it. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Why would I want to um, take what somebody who persecutes me mm-hmm. and says and and forced me to yeah. believe it at different times in the past yeah. and took our children all these horrific things that horrific. the church is yeah. guilty of yeah. in yeah. mass? If yeah. you say it wasn't me, okay, that's fine. I agree. But if you say the the church life did mm-hmm. these things, mm-hmm. um. You can understand why they would arbitrarily just dismiss the Messiah and say, hey, I'm sticking with my group who says we're waiting for Messiah Messiah. to come. And Mm -hmm. they're looking for a wholly different Messiah. It's almost like the first uh, believers in Acts. They asked uh, Jesus straight up. I mean, they have part of it very correct, and that is, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of promises that... Israel and the Jews will be preeminent in the messianic reign, right? From out of Zion will come the mm-hmm. law, and the Lord, he tabernacles, he dwells in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. He lives there, as it were, bodily. He's not just dwelling like he did with the Jews in the tabernacle and stuff, where he said, I want to dwell among them, so build me a sanctuary. He didn't say, do that so I can live there, and you can mm-hmm. house me like you do your other pantheon of gods, right? He said, just build me one, because then I'll be among you. And they saw his Shekinah and his glory Mm. and all of this. Well, we're going to see that again. But that's at the restoration when out of Israel will come this power 
this mm-hmm. this reality, and all the nations will recognize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're looking for that day, but so are they. They're wondering, where's that piece? Where's that element? And they don't know, hey, listen, we're looking for that element, too. Sure. We're counting those days down. Sure. <laughs> you know, I, but I do think, and Neil, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that the, the Messiah that the Jews expect is the conquering king, right? Well, for the most part, well, that's I'm, very have, true. Okay, so that, that the, the conquering king, and that's what we're both going to get, right? Well, that is what is coming. What's coming, yeah, right? There's the, just first one, the first appearance, excuse me, the first appearance was the suffering servant. And that is very much Christian theology. Yeah. It, 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 it paid a, the price for our sins. It, 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 and you can trace that through all the festivals and so on about how could that work. Yes. But there's so much mystery yet when Messiah appears. And, and we won't go off on that too far in this show, but, mm-hmm. but you did open the door there. Yes, yeah. for the most part, they're looking for the conquering king Messiah, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so are Christians yet, for the most part. And so do Christians, for the most part, say, I can see how we fulfilled the Passover festival in this priestly role. Well, there's all kinds of other issues with that that come into play that it's going to be different because Jesus cannot be the Levitical high priest. He can't. He's disqualified. He's from a wholly different tribe and lineage. We talked about this yesterday. And yeah. so now you, you, you open up another door of, yeah. of cultural, what am I expecting? Yeah. He has to be, and as, as just alluded to very peripherally in Hebrews and in mm-hmm. the Old Testament, mm-hmm. he's of, of the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. He is that, but he's mm-hmm. something different. Mm-hmm. And that's why we said at the beginning, Jeff, um, Christians have this set idea of what's going to happen and how and who and what he fulfilled and he's our high priest and he came what yes okay sort of but the culmination just like for the jews when they're looking for the conquering king well that's very apt to look forward to they sure. read the documents mm-hmm. of course you should look for mm-hmm. that so are we mm-hmm. but how that ultimately manifests and what it actually looks like and what it actually entails the reality is i hate to say this Nobody knows. Mm. Be ready to mm. be surprised. Mm. We know it will be him. Mm. He is our hope. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be very much different than we expect. Wow. So, Neil, uh, I just have one more question. I think I think this will wrap up this uh, sure this this show. Uh, but I don't. You know, we talked about uh, in our second show. We talked about why we hate the Jews. Yeah. And and we kind of touched on it, but. Uh, it's a good question. It's a good topic. It's yeah, it, but but the Jews, uh, the nation of Israel as it sits right now, is constantly in danger, and surrounded by people that want it destroyed, right? And that uh, and, and there are many many people in the rest of the world that either agree with that. Or they are completely detached from it. They don't care about Israel one way or the other. Right. Whatever happens to Israel is fine with them. And that's in the church as well. Yeah. Even among yeah. good-meaning people, good they meaning don't understand. They don't understand the, the connection. Of it. Right. The connection, which is yeah. why mm-hmm. the show exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Israel. Why is the Middle East important? Sure. It's the question we're asking and right. answering uh, every time we gather. And so, so why is? What's your opinion? Uh, as as we end this show, about why Israel is in such 
danger. Yeah, well, they're in danger for, in, in a very simplistic way, is if all of these promises that are promised to, for the culmination, for the restoration of all humanity, to be redeemed, the restoration of what we were originally intended to be from the very first writings of the story, our Bible, it all is linked on the fact that there has to be a real, tangible viable, verifiable people in place, and temple and city, land and people. And they are there today. They so are. we know, we know, as we've talked about many times, all the indicia of, of the countdowns and mm-hmm. the ancient way of counting and so on. One of the people groups, the Essenes, were digging up their writings. Uh, we saw that the first Christians, the first believers, were all Jews. So many of them were Essenes. They had the prophetic writings that we're seeing now. These writings, specific, they look like they're the New Testament. Mm-hmm. They are like spot on mm. about expectation. They're being dug up, as it were. They're being just like Ezekiel when we talked about the Gog and Magog war. Can these dry bones live? And mm-hmm. it was in reference right mm-hmm. before the Gogish Magogish war mm-hmm. and out of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Well, this is seen group even. Mm-hmm. These were predominantly, or so many of them, were religious Jews who were messianic, looking for Messiah, and embraced Jesus because he fit the criteria. They're the ones that turned the world upside down and brought the gospel to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. It is now incumbent. It is a duty, debt, and obligation, as Paul put it. And he was the apostle to the Gentiles for you, speaking to Gentiles, me, to come and bring the gospel back in a tangible way to the Jews to make him identifiable, not a painted-up Joseph, but a Jewish Messiah, with all kinds of roles that we don't understand yet, mm-hmm. who will fill the order of Melchizedek, which will be different than the Jews, different than the Gentiles are looking for. But we have these writings, and they're all being dug up. They're all being stirred around in this day. There's very many strange bedfellows. And, Jeff, the interesting part is we get to watch it transpire in front of us. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. So, uh, Neil, another thing that, that strikes me just amazingly about the importance of this is that the Bible begins in the Middle East. Right. And the Bible ends in the Middle East. Yes, it does. Right? It right. begins and ends there. It comes around our globe. Yeah, it comes right. Yeah, it goes. It starts and ends in the same spot. It, and actually really close to the same spot. So so how can you not think it's important, number right. one? that that That's... How do you do that? But the other thing you said, which is so, so important, without the existence of a tangible Jewish people, without the existence of a tangible Israel, without that, the promises cannot be fulfilled. They cannot be, and Jeff, as you've touched on before and we've talked, during periods in the past in the Christian world, where where basically, if you want to know the truth, I would say God went to the Christian world for mm-hmm. those th- mm-hmm. these two days. We'll talk about that another time, yeah. the last 2,000 years, yeah. this epic of time period. Yeah. But it, it very clearly says there is an ending to that time. It's the time of the Gentiles comes to an end. That's a church age as well, if people call it the church age and so on. In that period of time, it was inconceivable because culturally it just made no sense. I, I, I would just be a, a, a madman if I said, well, there'll be a physical people of Jewish descent, Hebrew descent, Israelitish descent, in a very specifically 
vi- uh, verifiable geographical location called Israel, the la- Eretz, you know, Ha'eretz, the land of Israel, mm-hmm. and there'll be a restored, powerful, mm. internationally recognized and concerned about city called Jerusalem. Yes. And the number one trigger point will be the temple itself in that area in our day. You know the 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 odds of that are just astronomical. Point zero 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 zero. Just keep going mm. out that that mm. could ever happen, mm-hmm. and yet it's in our day. And mm-hmm. some people will insist on saying it's just a historical accident. But <laughs> if you lived, but if you lived in the Middle Ages and you yes. said, "I believe these documents yes. with all my heart," yes, but it can't make sense. You would say, as a human being, "How do I make it make sense?" And thus, we've had all kinds of mm. just theological differences but god is like we keep saying he keeps shaking the stew stirring the stew and all these things are coming to the top and one of Mm -hmm. which is there's israel there's the jews here's these things happening there's the temple there's the temple mount uh everything that's in that's required that Mm -hmm. they cannot just be allegorical Mm -hmm. they have to be tangible physical Mm -hmm. verifiable are happening in our day and it all started with you bringing up the idea that more Jews and rabbis are saying Merry Christmas and moving towards, uh, it's moving towards, uh, they would never say, right, back in the day, they would never ever do that, right? It was, forget Christmas, I don't need Christmas, right? But now for for an Orthodox Jew, an Orthodox Jew, who gets up every morning and says, thank God I am neither a Gentile or a woman, Right? They they have they have very strict my point there isn't negative. They have very strict right? Very strict about what they believe. For them to say Merry Christmas to you or to me, a Christian, something is happening. It's not only happening, but it's recognizable on the other side of the mm-hmm. coin, if you will, too. Mm-hmm. If we say, okay, mm-hmm. Jews are left hand, mm-hmm. uh, Chris- Christians are right hand, or vice versa, vice versa. two hands. Mm-hmm. They're coming together as a handshake, yeah. as opposed to a fist. Yeah. And both sides are saying, wait, there's something on that side. Yeah. The other side saying, wait, hey, hold <laughs> on, wait a second. <laughs> wait a there's second. Something, there's something doing? on that side. Yeah. This group of people... Yeah. While I may disagree with them, right? Culturally, philosophically, right. religiously, right. they're different yes. than historically, yes. and we need to cultivate that. Yes, as Christians, yes. as Christians who put stock in the Jewish documents yes. that comprise the Bible, we yes. need to also say, "Wait, yes, I've known bad Jews. Yes, I've known mean Jews. Yes, I've known this Jew." Doesn't matter. That said, it's not what it's about. This is what you do. Paul yes. said, "You yes. have a debt." duty, yes. obligation yes. to bring this thing yes. back full circle, yes. and you do not get to say, I'm not going to do that, and still be in the kingdom, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, and discriminate in any sense, even if you have the right to do it for seemingly your perception of, they're not right, they've rejected Messiah, I knew a boss who was mean to me once, who was you? whatever your, your rationale. Our marching orders, as people who hold the documents to a high standard mm-hmm. personally in our lives, mm-hmm. uh, we have duty, debt, and obligation. That's what the Apostle Paul said. And, That's the end and, of it. And the Old Testament says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. With a promise to that as well. Mm-hmm. If you do it, I promise to bless you and your family. Mm.
This has been a great discussion for this episode of Israel, Why is the Middle East Important? I look forward to how this continues to unfold. As you can tell, Neil and I enjoy talking about the subject as it helps us to get to the root of the matter about God and why Israel and the Middle East are so important. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at our home at Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? That's Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? And you can find us on Facebook using that same title. And you can email us at why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. That's why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you like what you hear, please invite your friends to the conversation. One thing Neil and I always say to each other is, I don't know. Because the only way we know is to not know. Once you have it all figured out, you stop learning. And that state of mind is what helps us to learn and grow. We invite you into that journey with us. From Neil Johnson and me, Jeff Pelletier, Shalom, and see you next time. Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.